Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of the day's message, Control Your Words, Control Your Life. I'm fired up to be able to get into this content, but let me just tell you two quick things. March 8th, Monday, Igniting Hope Academy. I am starting a 12-week Thriving Church Leadership course. It's going to be great. Hey, I gave you the wrong web address last time. So it's ignitinghopeacademy.thinkific.com. If you don't want to write all that in, just do an online search, Igniting Hope Academy. Steve Backlin, you'll find it. Thriving Church Leadership, 12 weeks. It's going to be connection with me. It's not going to be a large group, and I'm excited about that. That's for church leaders, emerging church leaders, people who work with people in ministry settings. The other thing is the Heaven At Conference. It's March 13th, 2021, sponsored by the Bethel Leaders Network. It is a time, it's a day conference online for people from different spheres. The Bethel Leaders Network is focused on church leaders. We're creating an opportunity for leaders, emerging leaders in education, business, arts and entertainment, media, etc. to participate in a powerful event that's going to have some general concepts, but then also have some breakout sessions for people in different fields. Hey, go to Bethel Leaders Network Facebook, and you can find out more about that or email us at info at ignitinghope.com. If you can't find it, it's going to be a great day. All right, let me get into this. Control your words, control your life. It's a powerful statement. You say, well, I'm not so sure that's true, Steve. <laughs> well, let me read you a verse, James 3, 2. It says, if we can bridle our tongue, if we're able to bridle our tongue, we can bridle our body. The Passion Translation says this about James 3.2. We all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet, if we're able to bridle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Wow. If we're able to bridle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. Now, this is a great truth. We can't change our lives without changing how we talk. And if we want to accelerate the changing of our lives, if we go after what we say, it'll accelerate transformation in our lives. I've written two powerful books on words. One is called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. It's probably my strongest theological book on the power of words. And then I also wrote a book called Declarations, Unlocking Your Future, which gives 30 biblical reasons why we make declarations. It's all over in the word, the power of words. And if you haven't read those books and you want to be convinced and you want to have a fast track of breakthrough, 
I highly recommend it. Do it with somebody else. Do it with your, your spouse, a friend. Get a book reading club with one or both of those books. And I guarantee you, it'll bring breakthrough. Now, before I get into this topic in a deeper way, control your words, control your life. Let me just say what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we never share we're in difficulty. I'm not saying that we deny negative things that are happening in our lives. We don't deny the facts of situations. We just believe in truths higher than the facts. But I will say this. If you want to see breakthrough and change in your life, go after what you are saying. Almost 30 years ago, I got the revelation of the power of words, and I began to see in Scripture some of the things I share in the books that I've written. It says in Proverbs 18:21, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The superior truth is that life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love that will eat the fruit of their past words. If you speak death, you'll eat the fruit of those words as well. James 3, it goes on, and later on after verse 2, it says, that our tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth and a rudder on a ship. Whatever we speak a lot about, we get pulled towards. Whatever you want to see more of in your life, speak a lot about it. Jesus said in John 6, my words are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit and they are life. Words are containers. They have a spiritual component to them. This is reinforced by Ephesians 4.29, where it says, Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only that which is for necessary edification, that it may, listen to this, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So words are not just containers of information, but more importantly, they are containers of grace. And one of the definitions of grace is the empowerment to do God's will. And I know I'm talking to some powerful communicators today. And one of the things that takes our communication to the next level is when we realize that we're not just giving words so people can understand it, but our words are spirit, their life. They impart grace to the hearers. I was talking to my team today. I have four staff, Igniting Hope staff members. I have 17 third-year students at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry who have dedicated themselves to serve our Igniting Hope family, our Bethel Leaders Network family. And we were talking about this. We were talking about words. And, I mean, just as I think about it, Luke 1 God muted Zechariah for nine months because basically he says, I can't trust Zechariah to speak around what I'm doing. He doesn't believe his words are powerful. He just believes he can say whatever he wants to say whenever he says it. He doesn't believe it's going to have any impact. And so as we, as we go on this journey, I want to just take you kind of from level to level of how you can use your own words and how you can get some indicators of what words to change so that you can control your life in a positive way by controlling what you say. Now, obviously, there's other truths. There's wisdom. 
there, and I'm not saying this is the only truth, but if we try to do other things, it says at the end of James 1 that our, our religion is useless if we don't bridle our tongue. So words reveal our beliefs and words change our beliefs. They change our beliefs because it says in Hebrews 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the ways that we have get increased faith is through hearing God's promises, truths, our identities. That's why I make so many declarations. I'm, my goal is to make 100 declarations a day. I do it most days. Yesterday I did over 200. I am harnessing the power of my words. So words change our beliefs, but Matthew 12, 34 says words also reveal our beliefs. Because it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's things I say about myself. It's things I speak to other people. And so I am a student of my words. If we ask the question, why do I use the words I use? and are willing to interact with Holy Spirit and Scripture on that, this is one of the ways to control our words. Now certainly, as we look at out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, we can see obvious examples when people speak hatred, bitterness, anger, frustration. Those out of the abundance of the heart, we can clearly say that's not edifying that's, that's corrupt speech that's, that's releasing pollution into their own lives and releasing spiritual pollution into the environments that they're a part of. But it, it goes on. I, I say this, if we can say words like, shame on me, shame on you, this is driving me crazy, my back is killing me, if we can say those kind of words, then it reveals that we don't believe our words are powerful. <laughs> it's just a fact. Because if we believe our words are powerful, we won't say those things. Then we go deeper. I love to hear what I think is difficult, what I think is hard. I remember saying frequently this years ago, this area is hard for the gospel. I'm under attack again by the devil. All right, now, as I say those words and as I begin to analyze the source of those words, I realize that many of the beliefs that I have that are revealed through my words, that I actually believe in past experience more than I believe what God says. God would take the phrase, who told you that? I'd say that. I don't have the gift of healing. He'd say, who told you that? I don't remember names well. Who told you that? Math is hard. Who told you that? And he began to say, I want you to stop saying that. In Jeremiah 1, God said to Jeremiah, you're a prophet to the nations. He says, but I'm only a youth. And God says, do not say you're only a youth. Don't limit your future based on your perception that's linked to your past or who you are. So we, we begin to listen to what we say. If we're going to bridle our tongue, control our words, we will listen to what we say. And we'll have kind of fun with it too. Hmm. Why do I believe that? 
Wendy and I, my wife Wendy will, if one of us says something negative, the other will frequently say, do you want me to come into agreement with that? Well, no, I don't want you to come into agreement with that. So then we, we go higher. Now, and I want to just talk to you about my speaking journey, my leadership journey. I wrote the book, The Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People. Empowerment is not a management style, it's a lifestyle. Empowerment has so much to do with language, but the language comes from what we believe. And I tell people who you think you're talking to is going to determine the level of your empowerment. You think you're talking to great people with great potential? Your words are going to have more life on them. You think you're talking to people who are uncommitted Christians who don't want to do it right? Your words are going to have less empowerment on it. I share in the book, I believe, concerning behavioral issues. We tell people much more who they are than we tell them what to do. I say 80% who they are, 20% what to do. Why? Because we understand that in a, in a culture of empowerment and a culture of the grace culture, that we can't consistently do what we don't believe we are. And so we're, we're more focused in our language of, of helping people see who they really are, what their potential is, rather than what their past is. And I'm mainly talking about speaking to believers, but there's some principles that will carry over even in our relationships with non-believers. So we go deeper. Then we, so we begin to understand if we hear ourselves overusing words like you must, you need to, you should, those are words where we ask, why am I using those words so much? What does it reflect about what I believe about myself? And what does it reflect what I believe about the people I'm talking to? Even overusing the words, I encourage you, is putting belief that you're speaking into their behaviors and you're telling them in their mind what they need to do. And it is a reflection, and this is what I've concluded, is a reflection that I don't believe that my words are filled with grace to cause what I'm saying to happen. Now, we'll all, we can work this out. I'm given one angle, obviously, in teaching, and there, there's going to be times where we need to directly go for people's behaviors, but it needs to be in a context of, of identity, of seeing people according to their potential, who God says they are, it needs to be in that culture. Now, I teach people to prophesy, and I love New Testament prophecy. We all are given the gift and given 1 Corinthians 14 ways to do it. I tell people the most important things in prophetic ministry is to give clear identity statements, base it in Scripture, because, again, if we're going to speak life and we're going to control what we say and we're going to think about why do we say what we say, because one of the main purposes of prophetic ministry is to break off people's agreement with negative past experience. And as we understand that and keep focused on what Jesus has done, who they are, in him 
and we analyze actually the words we're using, whew, it helps us control our words, which is ultimately going to control our lives. There's so much that I could say about this. And I want to close with this question. Just asking the question, why do we use the words that we use? Holy Spirit, I'm talking to great people right now. I'm talking to movers and shakers. I'm talking to people who would listen to these podcasts. They are hope people. They are celebrating progress, not perfection people. They're believing there's hope for the future. I, I just speak over you that question. Why do you use the words that you use? And I, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to say, who told you that when we're saying something that is linked to the past rather than linked to what you're saying? I've opened something up today. Control your words, control your life. Thank you, Lord. I trust you to give further revelation to those who are listening. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. We are here to ignite your hope because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only people without hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is the belief that the future will, will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is a, the confident, joyful expectancy that good is coming. It's very difficult to influence that which we do not have hope for. And remember, too, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. For pretty much everybody listening today, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. Whether you're battling areas of personal disappointment, you're, you're financially struggling, you're feeling uncertainty in the atmosphere, people in your life, family members you're concerned about. They're really, I found this out. There's never a convenient time to walk in radical joy. And so I say this, let's, let's walk in radical joy today. Certainly we mourn with those who mourn, but we can't live a lifestyle of mourning. How do we do it? Let's start with thanksgiving, radically start thanking God, praising Him, stirring up laughter. A merry heart is good like medicine, because to laugh, we have to let go of something. <laughs> Some of you just need to laugh with me right now. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to pass this on to somebody else, let them know about what we're doing. Pray for us at Igniting Hope Ministries. We appreciate you. God bless. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.